Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Those of you who were here last week and who went through the exhibit of the people of the cross, I know that's been heavy on your heart all week, hasn't it? Just to think of the persecution going on around the world right now. Uh, During this service... Uh, If the numbers that are being reported to us are correct, approximately 10 Christians will lose their lives while we're in this service right now. 10 Christians who could deny Christ and live, but they will not do it. They'd rather face death. And I've had it on my heart all week, and I was reminded of a narration that I used to do a long time ago. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Philosophies have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it. Yet still it stands. And there shall be that final day when every voice that has ever uttered a sound, every voice of Adam's race shall be raised in one great mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus. For in that day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, With that in mind, I would like to invite those of you who would like to join me, not just the men, men, women, anyone who wants to come, and we're going to bow at this altar and we're going to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews 13.3 to remember those who are in prison as though we were in prison with them. The Bible teaches us to remember those who are suffering as if we were suffering in our very bodies. Chuck, you're up here. Lead us in this prayer. Grab a mic and lead us. We'll find one. Join with me. Father, where do we even begin to say thank you that we have such the freedom to love to laugh, and to live. And Lord, this morning we we ask you to more or less hear our heart, Father, than our words, that we pray for our brothers and sisters all across this world that are giving their very lives. Yes, Lord Jesus. God, we pray that they will give you the honor and the glory that you deserve. And Lord, may they inspire us today as we leave this place to give you the Mm -hmm. honor and the glory that you deserve. Grant it, Lord. Father, I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would protect them. Father, that you would anoint them. Yes, Lord. But even if you shall not deliver them, that your name will be echoed. Father, your name will just be heard and Mm -hmm. your name would change That's right. Those who are in their face today. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Thank you for our changed life. And I pray that we could be as bold as these people are when we leave this place today. Mm -hmm. 
anoint our pastor right now. Speak through him to us that, Lord, truly we may encounter you, we may be changed by you, and we may walk in your love and in your glory forever mm -hmm. and ever. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'd like for you to open your Bibles to Revelation 22:17. Revelation 22:17. We'll just read one verse to begin with. And I want to talk to you about the last invitation. The last invitation. This is the last book of the Bible, the last chapter of the Bible. Revelation 22:17. In Revelation 22, 17, it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirst come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. What a great verse. Theologians call this God's last invitation, and it is the last one recorded in the Word of God. So I want us to look at it this morning, but I want to clear something up to begin with, because there's been a great deal of uh, controversy and misinterpretation surrounding this verse. There are those who tell us, and we have some leading theologians in the nation, and for the life of me, I can't figure out how they get this interpretation. But they tell us that this verse means that the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, and the Bride of Christ, which is the Church, is crying out for the Lord Jesus Christ to return to earth to establish His kingdom on earth. That's what they're telling us. And I understand a little bit of the confusion, and you will too if you read the entire 22nd chapter of Revelation. But the fact is, a closer look at this verse reveals to us another meaning altogether, one that's obvious in the text. And it's always been my approach to Scripture to let the plain sense of the Scriptures make sense and don't try to make any other sense out of it. Just let it say what it means. Clearly, there is another emphasis here. Now, I want to do three things with this text this morning. First of all, I want to share with you why this is not a cry for the Lord Jesus Christ to return. Now, please understand this. I believe as Christians that we should long for, I, I don't think it's wrong to pray for, and to desire the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, the soon return of our Lord. Wouldn't it be a glorious day if we heard the trumpet sound today? Wouldn't that be a thrilling experience? 
And I believe that with all my heart, but that's not what this passage is talking about. So first of all, I'll share with you why this is not a cry for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then secondly, I'll share with you the true and obvious meaning of the verse. And then finally, we'll look at something in this verse that will impact and change our lives if we'll really receive it and create a great sense of boldness within the family of faith. So let's just begin. This is not a cry for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, friends, everything I read in the Bible about the Trinity tells me that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Amen? Amen. Do you agree with that? My pastor taught me as a young Christian. He said there's three in one, and there's one in three. Can't quite comprehend it. We can't quite explain it, but our God is three and one and one and three. There's an amazing mystery that surrounds the Trinity. One of these days when we get to heaven, we may understand it better, but we don't necessarily, but, well, maybe not, maybe we won't, but we just know it's the truth because of the Word of God, that there is this perfect inseparable unity when it comes to the Trinity. And therefore we can say, as the Hebrews of all uh, uh, of old used to say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is one. You see, the God of our Bible is one God. The God of our Bible, the one that we serve, is one God. And yet He reveals Himself to us in Scripture as a heavenly Father, as the only begotten Son of God, and as the wonderful, powerful Holy Spirit. We, we find this, and yet He's one God. He's one in purpose. He's one in motive. He's one in thought. He's one God. Do you, do you understand that? Well, that's so important. There's no division in the Godhead. And to interpret a verse that would have us to believe that one member of the Trinity is crying out to another member of the Trinity to do something breaks the spirit of unity that we understand in the Trinity. That just doesn't make sense. To believe that the Holy Spirit of God is crying out to the Son of God for Him to return and establish His kingdom is just to depart from the basic Uh, Scripture, interpretations of Scripture. Now, on top of that, if we read the verse again very carefully, it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirst come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Now, friends, Jesus Christ is not thirsty. Now, I'm sorry, but He is not thirsty. And let me assure you, Jesus Christ does not need to return to earth and take the living water. He is the living water. He is the Son of God. He is the fount of every blessing. He is the source. To say that the Spirit and the Bride are calling out For Jesus to come back and take the water of life just is insane. 
I'm sorry, but that just makes absolutely no sense at all. And so, and and let me say this, we're the ones that need the living water. We need to drink from the fountain that leads to eternal life. We're the ones that need to do that, not Jesus. So, the obvious meaning, you already know, but I felt like I needed to go over this. This is the Holy Spirit and the church calling out together, calling out simultaneously to a lost world, to those in need, to those who need to receive Jesus Christ, to those who are hungry and thirsty. It is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the Bride of Christ, the church, calling out for a lost world to come and to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's what this verse is about. Five or six people in the church agree with me. (laughs) I understand you can agree without clapping. But obviously, that's what this is about. Calling out the Holy Spirit speaking, the church speaking, calling out for those who are lost and inviting them to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and to drink. And those who are willing can come and drink. So you see, on one hand, this is what you have. You have the Holy Spirit dealing with a person's heart. And here's an individual, and all of a sudden, they become keenly aware that something's wrong. Something's missing. There's an emptiness inside. I was going along in my life, everything was just fine. No problems, and all of a sudden, there's this awareness. Something's not right. Something needs to change. Something needs to change quickly. Things are out of order in my life. And I can tell you, and I've talked to people, people don't even know where it's coming from. Is it coming from out there? Is it coming from inside? Where is it coming from? And and there's this, this desire that will not go away for something better, for something deeper, for something that will satisfy, for something that will satisfy the deep longing of the soul, something that will touch the heart of man. Something that will change everything about him. And a person who starts experiencing this, wow, it gets crazy. It gets crazy. Everywhere they turn, a cross. Everywhere they turn, a billboard. Everywhere they turn, a Bible. A church. A Christian. A testimony. Everywhere they look, somebody or something is pointing Toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God is dealing with that person. Friends, when that kind of stuff is going on in a person's life, that is the Holy Spirit illuminating the things of God in that person's life and saying, come unto Jesus and drink the living water that will satisfy your soul. Now that's what the Spirit's doing on one hand. On the other hand... There's the church, arms wide open, constantly, continuously crying out to everybody, come, come to Jesus, come and serve the Lord. 
There's the church giving this endless invitation. Oh, I wish I could just come to church one Sunday and the pastor wouldn't give an invitation that makes everybody feel so uncomfortable. (laughs) Excuse my English, but it ain't going to happen. You know why? Because we have to. Because the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. When it's in you, when it's a part of you, when you know it, you have to say, Come. Oh, you have all these Christian friends. They just won't shut up. They won't leave you alone. That godly wife just will not let her husband live in peace. I think I have a witness in the house. She just won't quit. Sometimes she wants to quit. She just can't quit. Why? Because the Spirit is moving on one hand. And the Spirit is stirring her up on another hand. Children. Children. Grandchildren. Praying for a lost parent or a lost grandparent. They just can't quit praying. They can't quit asking. They can't quit saying, come. Come, grandmama, grandpapa, will you come with me? Mama, daddy, will you come with me? Oh, they just can't quit. Ah, a husband, a dad, a mom, a brother, a sister, a co-worker, a classmate who knows Jesus but just will not give up on their lost friends. They just can't. By the way, I want to tell you something, friends. When you're walking with Jesus, don't you kid yourself. When you're walking with Jesus, you have to keep saying to the world, come. You have to keep saying, come unto Jesus. You can't can't quit doing that. Come and drink from the fountain. Come and find what I've found. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Come. And here's the funny thing about it is, I've had a few folks in my life that I have irritated. And I do think you can irritate a few folks into the kingdom of God. I, I have irritated them into the kingdom of God. I've had them to say, please stop. I don't want to hear this again. Please don't do this. Come on, leave me alone. And the funny thing about it is, is I've had some of those friends that I've irritated to death, and once they've tasted and found that the Lord is good, immediately they start irritating their friends and inviting them to come to Jesus. You see, because when He comes in, He moves in tandem with the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit and the Bride just constantly keep saying, Come. So listen at me this morning. If there's somebody in the house and you're not sure of your salvation, then I just want to tell you that when the Holy Spirit is drawing you and the church is calling you, just understand that's God's way. That was the way He set it in motion. That's the last invitation. From that point on, that was the way, that would be the way that God would invite people into the kingdom. The Spirit of God drawing you, the church calling you. 
hand in hand. Tandem. Together. Dual. Calling you. And, that, and that's a pretty neat thing if you'll think about it, Christians. So on one hand, you have the Holy Spirit speaking to people and drawing them. And on the other hand, we have the church, which is us, those who have been redeemed. We are calling, and together with the Spirit in our voice, the voice of the Spirit in our voice, calling people to come. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Now, just to be partnered up with the Holy Spirit is an amazing thing, isn't it? That's an amazing thing. But it even gets better than that. You see, here's the way it works. The Holy Spirit does His part, and the Holy Spirit is fully aware that you're not real good at doing your part, so the Holy Spirit does His part, and then He helps you do your part. He compensates for your weakness and inability. So listen, child of God, you are partnered with the Holy Spirit. In this thing called soul winning, in this thing called evangelism, in this thing called outreach. you were, And to say that that is a good partnership is an understatement. Wouldn't you agree? Man, this partnership is great. This partnership is glorious. This partnership is wonderful. This partnership is miraculous. Because the Holy Spirit can do some stuff, can't He, Charles? That's what Charles says, God can do some stuff. Man. You see, it's not just the Holy Spirit. It's not just us. Those by themselves, that's not God's plan. By the way, evangelism has not been placed alone in the hands of the Holy Spirit. We are ambassadors for Christ. God has appointed us to be soul winners, to reach out to people, but He didn't leave us to do it alone. He ends the Bible by saying, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come and let him that hears come, and whosoever is a thirst, let him come take the water of life freely. Amen. It's together. Do you understand that? Together. Have you ever used any of that uh, uh, two-part epoxy adhesive? I... I'm always nervous when I'm using that stuff. But you got two tubes. And when you put them together, when you squeeze them and you put them together, and they blend together. Man, you have a powerful adhesive there, don't you? And uh, you can't just use one tube until it's finished and then use the other tube, right? Well, friends, let me tell you. When you mix your words, your testimony, when, when, you, when you mix your cry to the lost... When you mix that with the Holy Spirit, it becomes powerful. It becomes dynamic. It becomes amazing. Do you, do you really, I'm asking you, do you really want to see your children saved? Do you really want to see your parents saved? Do you really want to see your brothers and sisters saved? Your coworkers, your classmates, your neighbors, do you really want to see them saved? Well then, friends, you have to understand that this is a partnership. It's not enough just to pray for them. If you want the Holy Spirit to deal with them, you have to talk to them. You you have to understand that this is spiritual epoxy. And when the Spirit of God and the voice of the church comes together and makes an appeal, something dynamic is about to happen. It's an amazing thing. You know, we have a slogan that says, if you see something, what? 
Do y'all not know the slogan? <laughs> if you see something, that's, we have a slogan. But that's not the way it works in spiritual matters. In spiritual matters, if you want to see it, you have to say it. If you, say something, if you see something, say something, right? If we see something that's wrong, by the way, we really need to get more alert in that, don't we? If you see something, say something. But friends, in the kingdom of God, if you want to see something, you better say something. You better speak it out. There better be some faith involved there. You, you want your children saved, you better talk to them. Want somebody in your family saved, you better talk to them. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, I have people tell me this all the time. Pastor, I'm not, just not good at this. I'm not good at this. I, I'm not good at talking to people about Jesus. I believe you. And I'm not either. I'm really not. You say, why? Here, you get up here and you talk all the time. It's different when you're on the elevator. It's different when you're in Walmart. It's, it's, it's different when you're out there in the workplace. I don't think I'm very good at that either. But do you understand that when we're partnered with the Holy Spirit, yeah. do you understand what a difference that makes? You see, friends, when we're partnered with the Holy Spirit and you make a feeble attempt, a poor attempt, when you do something, even though it may be weak and feeble, and you do your part, and the Holy Spirit does His part, and you put those two parts together, something dynamic and explosive is about to happen. Amen. I'm trying to get you to understand that you and the Holy Spirit make a great team. And He compensates for where you mess up. I, I had a, a lady walk down the aisle right here in this church, stood at the front. She asked me to pray for her. And uh, this is just so memorable to me because it stood out. And I went to pray for her and the Holy Spirit just said to me, uh, say to her three words, it is real. So I said it. It is real. And I just stopped and I said, I'm sorry, I can't pray for you. I, all I'm going to say to you is it is real. She kind of looked at me like that. She said, what did you say? I said, it is real. Now, friends... I'm just going to be honest with you. I felt a little bit crazy right there at that moment. I felt like, I don't know, you know, I'm out here, but that's all I had. It is real. And I kept saying it to her. I said it like five times. It is real. It is real. And I finally looked at her. I said, that means nothing to you. And she broke down and started crying. And I said, okay, I'm in the dark. I'm the only one in the dark here. You got to tell me why you're crying. And she said all the way to church this morning, she said, my faith was under attack. And I kept asking God, is it real? Is my faith real? Is the Bible real? Is it real? Is it real? And you've got to understand this. I was nervous. I was scared. I felt foolish. But when my words mixed with His words, something powerful and dynamic took place. And God did a work in her life this morning. Years ago, there was a, a man in Walker County. He had children my age. Uh, some of you probably remember Lincoln Porter. And uh, I was on my way to Tallahassee. I was busy. I had some things to do. 
And for some reason, it just popped into my head, go by and see Lincoln Porter. And I went by and knocked on the door. His wife told me he was out in the back sitting at the picnic table. I walked out there with my Bible. I sat down and I was nervous. You know, if he'd have barked at me, I'd have run. I mean, I wasn't a holy boldness about me. I was nervous. I sat down, I took my Bible. I said, Mr. Lincoln, can I share with you the plan of salvation? He said, sure. I shared it with him. I finished sharing the plan of salvation with him. I said, Mr. Lincoln, if I were to lead you in a sinner's prayer, would you pray that prayer and invite Jesus to come in your heart? He said, sure. Just like that, I'm about to fall off now. I, I, the, the seat, I'm, uh, man, this is too easy. So I led him in the sinner's prayer and he prayed it. And I, I said, Mr. Lincoln, now you're saved. Now you know Jesus. You're going to go to heaven when you die. He said, okay. I got him left. I, I was a little bit puzzled. It just didn't, I, that wasn't what I expected. But I drove on to Tallahassee and I said, well, thank you, Lord. So he comes to church, walks down the aisle, makes a profession of faith. Uh, gets baptized. A few weeks later, I ask him to give a testimony in the church. He gets up and tells the whole story. Until he got to that part about me saying, now you're saved. He said, and Pastor Jones looked at me and said, you prayed that prayer, now, now you're saved. He said, but I wasn't saved. And my heart just sank. I thought, where is this testimony going? <laughs> what is he about to tell, tell this congregation? He said, but I wasn't saved. He said, he told me I was saved, but I wasn't saved. And he said, when as soon as he left, he said, I sat at that table. And for the first time I started praying. And the Spirit of the living God began to deal with me. And he said, about an hour after Brother Henry left, I got gloriously saved. You see, friends, my voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit led that man to Christ. Now, I'm about to say something that may shake you just a little bit. With all my heart, I believe what I'm about to tell you, Lincoln Porter would not have been saved that day had I not gone by. See, he's committed unto us the words of reconciliation. He's given us that word. Now, somebody else could have done it, but somebody had to say something if we want to see something, if we want to see God do something, we had to say. I, there was a state trooper in the county that I loved very much. I witnessed him for several years. And one day, he told me the Spirit of God spoke to him. He got saved. Ronnie Serber. Ronnie Serber. I can't wait to get to heaven and talk to Ronnie. Yeah, I love Ronnie Serber. You see, see we, we have to do something. Scooter, I shared the plan of salvation with you several years before you showed up at my house at an ungodly hour in the middle of the night. <laughs> See, my voice alone, your voice alone, is not good enough. And I can tell you the Holy Spirit will not do it alone. Amen. But if you will take courage in the fact that the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and you will understand there's a partnership, and you'll get sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and you'll let God speak to you and through you, and you'll start sharing the Word of God with people. I'm telling you, this is a partnership that will turn this church upside down and reach this county for the glory of God. I quit playing basketball years ago.
too old, too fat, too slow. And about 20 years ago, I tried to play basketball in Sop Choppy with some guys, and I almost died. I quit playing basketball. But if LeBron James called me and said, we're going to have a little two-on-two match at the gym, I want you to be my partner. You know where I'm going? I'd say, let's get it on. Because I'd know every time he scored, I scored. Are you with me? By the way, if you don't know who LeBron James is, he's one of the all-time greats. I don't like soccer. I, I don't like soccer. I don't, if you don't understand the rules of soccer, hold your hand up. I just want to say. I, even when I try to watch it, I don't know what they're doing wrong or what they're doing right. I do understand ball goes in the goal. That's a goal. That makes sense. Never played soccer in my life. But if Cristiano Ronaldo called me and said, I want you on my team. I'd say, this old fat boy is coming on. We're going to play some soccer. Because I know that his ability would overcome my inability. Are you with me? If I got a notice in the mail that there was a pro-am golf tournament in Tallahassee, two men teams, and Phil Mickelson wants me to play with him. I'm not just excited about going. I'm thinking, we're going to win this thing. (laughs) You, You understand where I'm going with this? Friends, you are a child of God. Jesus lives in your heart. There is a partnership between you and the Holy Spirit that's powerful and dynamic. And if you don't get this, you're going to have family members that will die and go to hell. You'll have neighbors that will die and go to hell that would otherwise be saved. You'll have co-workers that will be lost. The church is a sleeping giant that needs to wake up and go to work and understand that we are paired, we are partnered with the Spirit of the living God. And there is power, supernatural power, ready to work through us in tandem with the Holy Spirit. To touch a lost and dying world. The Spirit and the Bride. I tell you what, pull it up. Together. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirst come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. All right, here's what I want to do. Now, this is a big step. But understanding that the Holy Spirit is your partner. And that makes all the difference in the world. Our little becomes enough in his hands when we're matched with him, paired with him. And you're just going to stand up and you're going to sit right back down. But if you'll purpose in your heart to share Jesus with somebody this week, would you just stand up? If you'll purpose in your heart to share Jesus with somebody.
You're just going to share Jesus. You, you say, okay, Lord, here it goes. This may be feeble, but I'm going to do it. Now I'm going to pray over you, and I want you to sit back down. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, bless. Lord, raise up this, this church. Lord, we've felt for a long, long time that we're on the verge of a major breakthrough. Yes. And Father, I ask that you would bless us. Bless us, Lord. Bless every person who's standing. I pray, Father, that you will not only direct us to the right people, but that you'll give us the right words. And Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit will be bearing witness with our words, that our words will be pregnant with the power of God to touch, to draw, to woo, to change lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you sit back down just for a second? (laughs) A good friend of mine up in Georgia had a group of people in his church and they came to him and this is what they said to him. They said, Pastor, we're just not satisfied with what's going on here. We want more of God. We want the deeper spiritual life. We want to see the Holy Spirit move in power. Pastor, we love you, but we got to go. There's about a hundred of us and we're going to go. We don't want to go with a mean spirit. We don't want to be ugly, but we've got to go. And he said, okay, I understand. I disagree with you, but I I understand. So he prayed over them and they left. They started their own church in the pursuit of the deeper spiritual life. And the pastor told me he stayed in touch with them when they found them a, a pastor to lead. He stayed in touch with him. And he said he had made up his mind that he would mark the date down. And one year later, he called the pastor and he said, will you meet me for lunch? And the pastor said, yes, I'll meet you for lunch. They met. In their conversation, he asked me, the pastor told me this in detail. It took about an hour to share the story with me. But he said he sat there and he said, I have a question for you. He said, in the one year that your church has been established, how many people have you baptized? And he said, that pastor bowed his head and he said, well, that's not our focus. And the spirit and the bride say, come. That's not what we're pursuing in this church. And the spirit and the bride say, come. We're not about evangelism. We're we're about a deeper walk with the Lord. And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. He said in the year that that church was gone, those people had gone, they had baptized upward to a hundred people. But they left the church for a deeper spiritual life. Friends, I want you to know that's a lie of the enemy. There is no such thing as a deeper spiritual life that does not move in tandem with the Holy Spirit that's reaching out to those for whom Jesus died on the cross. If a church is not winning souls, something is wrong. And the devil will deceive us into believing there's a deeper spiritual life when it is not a deeper spiritual life. It is a deeper cop-out. It is abandoning the faith and the Spirit. Say it with me. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. That's what we have to do. That's what we have to do.
Now, I want to close this service. I hope you are motivated. I hope we irritate the daylights out of about a thousand people when we leave here. And, we t- and I don't really mean that. I don't really mean I, I don't think you've got to irritate them. But sometimes it comes across that way. But just to be unashamed to share your faith. But here's what I want to ask you. Do you know, do you know that you know that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Are you absolutely sure? If, if not, has the Holy Spirit been dealing with you and wooing you and pulling at you and tugging at your heart? Have people been talking to you? Does it seem like I'm talking right to you when I preach? Or when Brother Bill preaches or somebody else preaches? I heard about a family that went to church in Sopchapi years ago and they got mad because they thought the preacher had prepared an entire sermon just for them. And they said everybody in the church knew he was preaching just for us. Pastor didn't even know they were in the church. You're going to think I'm making this story up. And then they went down to Carabell, went to a church in Carabell, and they got mad and left. They said some, somehow the pastor got word to the pastor in Carabell <laughs> that we were coming down here. No. No, that's the Spirit of God that loves you. By the way, if the Spirit of God is convicting you, you should be saying, thank you, God. And if a Christian talks to you about coming to Christ, you should be saying, thank you. Thank you. Is the Spirit of the Lord drawing you? Have Christians been calling you? Then this morning, would you give your heart to Christ? I just can't leave here without asking you. Would you leave here today knowing that you know that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you'd like to receive Christ, I, I tell you, Carolyn, we're just going, you can come on up right now, but, but we're, we're not going to do anything right now. We're not going to play anything. But if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you know the Spirit's been drawing you, and you know that people have been calling you and inviting you, would you just stand up right where you are, come down and get on your knees at the altar here? Somebody will come pray with you. Somebody will show you how to receive Christ. You say, I want to do that, but I don't want to be the first one. Oh, yeah, be the first one. Just, just stand up and come bow at this altar and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I beg you, I beseech you by the mercies of God yes. to trust Him, to be saved. Would you come? Would you come? And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. If you're in the interior, people let you out. Would you come and trust Jesus? The Spirit and the Bride. Christians are praying right now. You say, Pastor, I I want to do it, but I just don't think I can live the Christian life. I can assure you, you can't. But he can help you. He will help you. All right, I'm going to pray. And if God's dealing with your heart, you come. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.